Be delighted this holiday season at Ice and Lights, the winter village at Cameron Run. Just minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Stroll through the park and enjoy winter photo ops, light displays, hot chocolate, and a warm treat. The winter village offers playtime for the entire family. Extend the magic of the holidays by visiting early, starting November 17th. Get your tickets now at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. Since 1981, Unbound has connected people like you with families worldwide on their self-directed paths out of poverty. A brighter future is possible for these families when we all walk together. Sponsor a child today, and you'll help a family take the first steps on their path. Change their future in just one click. Start walking with your new friend today at unbound.org walk. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 877-552-4746. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now here's today's life-giving message. I'm lifting my phone because I got the Harvest Church mobile app. You can literally use the app to read through the Bible in one year. Let's say it together. For God's glory, this is my best year yet. To the word I'm about to hear, I believe, I obey, I manifest. And that settles it. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we say have your way tonight. Father, we are open and we are ready. This month is the sixth month. And six is the biblical number of man. But in this month, you're going to remake us. You're going to make us into new men and make us into new women. So we say, God, you have all of us from head to toe. Do what you want to do in us. Come on, open your mouth. Say, Lord, remake me. Say, in this sixth month, make me a new me. Let this be the sequel of me. Let this be the second version of me. In Jesus' name. Now, I don't need you to wait until the end of the month. I need you to act like he's already started changing you now. Wednesday, I need you to act like he's already changing your attitude, already changing how you handle things, already changing how you get emotional. Oh, come on. I need you to act like he's already changing. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm already getting better. Oh, I need you to make sure you sit next to some faith people in the building and chat with them online. Fist bump somebody say, you already getting better. So, ooh, some of y'all get on my nerves. Would you please fist bump somebody and just tell them, say, I like the change happening with you. Listen, why some people get on your nerves? Because you don't understand just how important what you are doing is to somebody else. When you touch and agree with somebody, you are literally activating their faith. Can I get you to fist bump one more person? Just tell them, say, you're already getting better. Hallelujah. I love you Wednesday. 
Grab a seat. All right, so let's start this series tonight. Let's start this series tonight. This new series is called uh, Daddy Issues. And this series will reveal, then heal the issues that have embedded themselves in your individuality. Listen, there are issues that have embedded themselves into your individuality. And here's what happens. Many times you will say things like this. This is just how I am. No, that is not how you are. That is literally a result of issues that have embedded themselves in your individuality. Watch me. Uh, please understand this series is not a man bashing series it's not a dad bashing series nor is it just for those who have had contentious or non-existent relationships with their fathers in fact pay attention psalm 51 5 the psalmist david says this david's interesting because david is the only man that the bible facebook says that he is a man after god's own heart but when you look at his life you will see the issues that have been embedded in his individuality see david struggled with rejection issues as a child so you see him reach to relationships to repair what his daddy never gave him he's spiritual he's a king he's a prophet but he still has issues that have embedded themselves in his individuality david literally uses sex as a tool to feel accepted and loved and, and he thought that that was the way to communicate that because he has issues that have been embedded in his individuality. You're going to get it in a moment. Even though he knew how to pray and he knew how to worship and he knew how to sow and he knew how to give, he had issues that were embedded in his individuality could you possibly be doing things that you think are what you're supposed to do how you're supposed to act the way you're supposed to do it because you saw somebody do it because you saw your mama do it because you saw your daddy do it because you saw your friend do it because you saw somebody on social media do it not realizing you were simply repeating issues that were embedded in somebody else's individuality psalm 51 5 says behold in other words look at me david says I was shaping. Shaping is a King James word. It means shaped, but I like shaping uh, because it gives it a level of depth that perhaps we don't get when we look at the word shape. Shape in implies a process. It means I didn't get like this overnight. <laughs> I didn't start acting like this overnight. I didn't start handling things like this overnight. This has been a process. I was shaping in iniquity. P pay attention to be shaping in iniquity. Iniquity literally means sin that has been passed down and around. Wait a minute. Hold up. Stop the presses. David says, I was literally formed to be like this, but what I was formed in literally was the wrong form. Practice makes perfect, but it's perfectly wrong if it's not being, if it's the thing you're practicing after is perfective. So you may say, well, all the women in my bloodline are like this. Then all of y'all are wrong. Y'all not going to say nothing to me. You may say all men in my bloodline are like this, but what if all the men in your bloodline were wrong and you were supposed to be the first one to be the curse breaker in your bloodline? I wish you lay your hands on yourself and say, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm... David said, behold, in other words, David says, listen, there are things that I'm doing that I do not understand why I'm doing because I'm the king. I can have whatever I want, do whatever, what I, do whatever I want. I have the access to God. When I worship, heaven moves. When I pray, heaven moves. When I speak, heaven moves. But yet when I see Bathsheba, there's something in me that is drawn to her because I have issues that have been embedded in my individuality. And so when I see her, even though I have everything, I want something something else that's not mine and even though I don't need it and the truth is I really don't want it I'd say to myself that I gotta have it why because I have issues that have been embedded in my 
If y'all don't say it faster than that, uh, uh, let me give you the line. I have issues that have been embedded in my individuality. So watch me. David now looks at something he doesn't need, looks at something he doesn't want. He even betrays somebody that's been good to him. Why? Because he's got issues that have been embedded in his individuality. Why? Because he never saw loyalty from his father. So he did not know how to give loyalty to another man. What do you mean, Bishop? Because David literally looks at this woman Bathsheba one day who's taking a bath in the normal position that she should, and she is the wife of one of his mighty men. David tricks and gives a whole nasty lifetime movie situation with Bathsheba, even though he has everything, even though he can do anything. Why did he have to mess with Mr. Big's girl? I don't know the words. Listen. <laughs> Ready? Even though David can do whatever he wants to do, even though David has the ability to call for any, he could get any single woman he wanted. He was the king. He could look them over and say, I'll take four and five. I'll take four and five. He looks at Bathsheba and there's something in him that says, I want her and I got to have her. And no matter the fact that I'm going to have to lie. And then watch me. He sets up his friend Uriah to literally be murdered to cover up the mess that he made. Because he's got issues that are embedded in his. David is rich. He's got money. He's loaded. You ready? But he doesn't like being lonely. Oh, watch me. He's married too. But he still feels lonely. Because he's got issues that have been embedded in his individuality. He was treated differently than his brother's. His brothers were treated one way. He was treated another way. Because literally this verse is telling us what happened. He says, behold, I was shaping in iniquity. And sin did my mother conceive me. In other words, David says, my father, his father's name is Jesse. What's his father's name? Jesse, Jesse stepped out somehow and slept with another woman. And now David is conceived. So David and his brothers have different mothers. So what are they? A blended family. And this blended family has issues because David is the one that's worshiping. He loves God. He's going to church. Them other brothers, watch me, they are pursuing everything but God. And for some of you, you get treated differently because you're the one that's going after the things of God. And they look at you and call you crazy because you don't want to do the stuff that they're doing because they've got issues that have been embedded. And what they don't realize is the reason you haven't lost your mind is because of your relationship with God. The, re the reason that you haven't thrown in the town is because of God. The reason you haven't snapped, crackled, and popped on them is because of God. There's issues that are embedded in their individuality. So, so, so David is treated differently. You can see the schism between him and his brothers. Because literally, every time David tries to do something, they give him grief. They give him trouble. They give him an issue. You always trying to do something. You think you all that. Here's how I know David didn't think he was all of that. Because what was David doing in 1 Samuel when the, the man of God came to anoint a new king? He was in the field with the sheep that's a dirty job leading sheep is dirty work 
That's why everybody ain't called to do it. He, why? Because I have to deal with all of the, I have to deal with the sheep. I have to deal with their smell. I have to deal, I have to deal, I have to deal with the fact that I'm pulling them over here and they keep going over there. I have to deal with the fact that you have some sheep that are trying to start mess with other sheep. I, I got to deal with the fact that sheep are getting distracted. I got to deal. I got all these different things to do. David did not think he was all of that. David literally looked at his life and David is like, listen, I'm out here worshiping. I love God. You don't love God. What's wrong with you? And when they come into the, the table is spread and they just know <clears throat> the man of God shows up and they just know this is getting ready to be an amazing moment. Seven. Somebody say Seven. Seven of Jesse's sons run before Samuel, the man of God, and they go one by one by one. And all of them are like, I know I'm the one. I'm the king. The oil doesn't flow. Literally, he would fill a ram's horn with oil. And the, the scripture makes it like this, is that if that one was the chosen one, then the oil would flow. If not, the oil would stop. There are certain things that are easy for you because you're anointed to do it. Other people look at the stuff you're doing and they're like, I couldn't do this. Other people look at the business you're building and they're like, I couldn't do this. Other people look at you being a single parent and they're like, I couldn't do this. Other people look at you dealing with this, that, and the other and they're like, I can't do it. Here's what you need to tell them. I'm anointed to do this. I, I wish you look over at somebody and say, I'm anointed to do this. I'm anointed. You are anointed to be the curse breaker. You are anointed to be the head and not the tail. You are anointed to be the first one in your bloodline to be debt free. You are anointed to be the first one in your bloodline to have a marriage that you actually enjoy. You are anointed. You are anointed. I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I am anointed for this. Woo, other people couldn't spend five seconds in your seat. But when you sit in the seat, you make the seat look good. You make it look so easy, everybody else thinks they can do it. That's why you're often imitated but never duplicated. You ready? See, other people can do what you do but not get the results that you get because they're not anointed for it. What does anointed mean, Bishop? It means grace. It means favor. So the oil was supposed to flow. So how many sons go before Jess or uh, Samuel? Seven. Is it one, two, three, four, five. Okay. You ready? <laughs> I don't know how they got them numbered up there, but to, look at me. Look at me. Oh no, there you go. Right there. There you go. There you go. There you go. You ready? The oil doesn't flow. They didn't think enough of David to even invite him in the house. So Samuel says, Samuel says, y'all still with me? Because they have issues that were embedded in their individuality. So they excluded people. You ready? You ready? If you don't shout, I promise you I'm going to get on that plane and go where I was supposed to go tonight. I came here to be with y'all. You ready? You ready? You ready? You ready? I'm glad you were excluded. I'm glad they didn't let you in. I'm glad they didn't let you at the table. I'm glad they didn't let you. Why? Why? Because when you're excluded, that means God's going to do something exclusive for you. I wish every person that's ever been excluded from something, excluded from the clique, excluded from the group, excluded from the little funky family gathering. I wish you'd open up your mouth and say, I'm glad I was excluded. When you're excluded, what you get is exclusive. 
So what happens? Samuel, the man of God, standing in the house. And Samuel, the man of God, is standing in the house. Samuel says, it's none of these. And I know because you have issues embedded in your individuality, just so you thought that it would be one of the seven sons. Watch me. By her. But what I'm going to do, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the eighth son by the woman you don't really like. Okay. You, you, you don't like her. Matter of fact, we don't even know her name. What's David's mama name? You don't know. Why? They did, they, watch me. Jesse did not, obviously, the scripture infers, did not even care for her. We don't even know her name. It appears that David doesn't even, look at me, have a relationship with her. You ready? So Samuel says, I'm not sitting down until I, the king's in the house. The king's here. He's here. And for some of you, let me teach you this principle. What you need is already around you. You ready? Say everything I need is already around me. So what ended up happening? He's, Jesse said, uh, Samuel said, is, is all, of, all your sons here? Jesse says, well, there's another. You know, that kind of thing. There's another. David's out there in the field. Couldn't be him. It's a good time to be underestimated. I'm so glad they said your business wasn't going to work because they about to watch you walk right to the... I'm so glad they said your marriage wasn't going to work. I'm so glad they underestimated you. Come on, for everybody that's been underestimated by somebody in the first six months, I need you to worship God for three seconds because their underestimation is about to turn into your breakthrough. Go. Three. Two. You ready? Come on, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. So, so Samuel says, I'm not moving. Matter of fact, he, he tells his whole team. Here, come here. He tells his whole team, come here, come here, here. won't you come? He tells his whole team, he says, we're not sitting down. We're not sitting down until David gets here. Wait a minute. You're about to go into rooms. You're about to go to cities where they will say, we've been waiting on you. You're about to go to job interviews where they're going to say, we've been waiting on you. You're not saying nothing to me. You're about to meet some people in the street that are going to be, I've been waiting on you. God showed me your face last night in the dream, and they're going to hand you what you need to pay your debt off. Huh? Practice the words you're about to hear. Say, I'll hear this in the second half. We've been waiting on you. So look at me. So, 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 so Samuel says, we're not sitting down until David is in this room. In other words, stop your whole little celebration. Stop your whole celebration. Why? Because we're not moving on until David is in this room. So somebody runs and gets David. And when they run and get David, David comes in. David's dirty. Because while his brother's had, watch me, while his brothers were out there looking good, 
David was doing the hard work. I want to talk to a few of you that feel like, you know what? So-and-so don't never do nothing. And all of the, watch me, watch me. God keeps score. So don't worry about who's not doing what they're supposed to do. I need you to touch the man on the shoulder and say, do what you're supposed to do. Shut your mouth worrying about what other people aren't doing and do what you're supposed to do. Because when God calls them into the room, he ain't calling them. He's about to call. Say your first and last name. That name is about to be called. That name is about to be brought up. You ready? He says, I'm not sitting down until David is in the room. David comes into the room. When David comes into the room, uh-huh. Yeah. Say it, Bishop. I'm beating you to it. Listen. His brothers are looking at him, and because they have issues embedded in their individuality, they're thinking to themselves, here he go. Here he go. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dave. I'm glad they treat you different. You know why? Because had they not treated you different, you would have ended up like them. Them treating you different kept you, whoop, it kept you away from them marks. And I wish you'd open your mouth and say, I'm glad I got treated different. You would have been just like them had they not treated you like that. And who'd want that? You ready? So David comes in. Okay, so you part of the crew. You can't be Dave. Come here, David. David was a single. Ready? And they, watch me. So Samuel, he lifts up the oil. And remember, if the oil flowed, now I ain't going to put this on your head. If the oil flowed, but you got to pretend. If the oil flowed, that was God's choice. Samuel lifts up the horn of oil. And when he lifts it, all of a sudden, the oil starts flowing. And what does the Bible say? He gets anointed in the midst of of his brothers so the very people that were talking about you they have to see you be picked I, I, I need some of y'all to just do this only do this if you got radical faith like me but on the first some, or the first Wednesday of the first day of the sixth month and the first day of the second half, only for those of you that got faith like me, I just want you to kneel like the oil just flowed on you. Don't do it if you don't want to. But for those of you that believe some oil is flowing on you, for those of you that believe some favor is flowing on you, for those of you that believe some breakthroughs flowing on you, open up your mouth and say, the oil is flowing on me. Say, I'm the one. I'm the curse breaker. I'm the history maker. The second half, double the first half. Put a praise on that right there. I'm that one. 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 Say it. I'm that one. Say it. Say it. Question. 
David is the anointed one. Say he's anointed. But he still has these issues that have been embedded in his individuality. Question, how are you shaping? What, what is your idea of a man? What is your idea of a woman? What is your idea of order? What is your idea of honor? What is your idea of a functional relationship? What, what, what is your idea of a responsible adult? What is your idea of how your house should look like? How were you, sh how were you shaped to believe that relationships are supposed to operate? How were you shaped to believe that friendships were supposed to operate? Did you see a parent one way with one friend and then get on the phone and talk mess about that friend to somebody else? Because you will, you, if you were shaped that way, you will think that's the way you're supposed to be. And hear me Wednesday, God wants to reshape us from how we were shaping and not just put a Jesus shirt on an old shape. Too many Christians, all we do is put a Jesus shirt on an old shape and talk about WWJD. And God says, baby, I'm trying to reshape who you are. How do you know that? In Jeremiah 18 and 3, look at what the Bible says. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working. Mm. This means God says, I'm always working on you. Say he's working on me. And he was at his wheel. I anybody ever watched the movie Ghost? Came out years ago, Ghost, Ghost, Ghost with uh, Whoopi Goldberg and uh, uh, Patrick Swayze and some other folk. Now, Whoopi is who I remember. Now, now, now watch me, uh, Demi Moore, wasn't it? Demi Moore. Now watch me. Now, pay attention. Do you remember in the movie where they were making the, the pot? Now, now, now this, okay, just stop right there and come back with me. Cause... Now, a potter, when they are forming a vessel, listen, they have to spin it to shape it. So whenever God is reshaping you, it feels like things are spinning out of. Can I help you feel okay about some of what you've been going through? For some of you, like, I got this I'm dealing with, I got this I'm dealing with, I got this I'm dealing with, I got this I'm dealing with. That just means you're in the middle of a reshaping. And I say, he's reshaping me. Say it, he's reshaping me. Verse 4. And the vessel, stop right there. And the vessel he was making of clay. Now, this is interesting because one of the things, I remember this from elementary school, when, when we would make, now they didn't give us the potter's thing. You had to just form it at your little desk. Anybody remember you formed something? It looked good to you, but that thing was, you know, the, it was a mug that you could barely get one of your fingers in. And you're like, here you go, mama. <laughs> Here you go, daddy. And they were like, what is it, son? It's a, it's a bowl. Oh, that's what that is? Now, watch, watch. Um, the only way you can finish something that's been formed in clay, you ready? Now, listen, I don't know if I'll finish the message because we may get stuck right here. You have to finish it in fire. Mm -mm, mm -mm. You missed your shout. You miss your shout. Fire ain't the beginning. Fire is the ending. Okay. Okay. So whenever you feel like you got a fiery situation going on, 
I'm not at the beginning of this trouble. Baby, I'm at the ending of this trouble. For every person, this might not be you, but for every person that's got some fiery situations going on right now, can I get you to worship God for five seconds? Why? You're at the end of the fire. You're at the end of your process. You're at the end of your process. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Somebody say, I'm at the end. All right, look at me. He says, he says, he was making of clay, which is finishing fire. It was spoiled. Somebody say, it was spoiled. spoiled. Now, now, this is interesting because literally God says sometimes when he's trying to reshape you, the way, you sh- the way you're shaped, look at me, is you're spoiled. Mm-mm. And let you tell it. It's just wisdom. But the truth is, you're spoiled. If somebody don't say it the way you like, you got an attitude. And watch me. And you're not the leader. See, see, when you're the leader, you have a reasonable expectation of those you lead to produce predicated upon the standard that you've set. You get in an attitude with people that's your equal. You ready? You, 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 you spoil, literally. And, and think of this. Let's take it deeper. So spoil, one level, is like a child that's spoiled. They don't get what they want. They throw a fit. How many times do you throw a fit with God because you don't get what you want? I ain't praying today. You lift your hands. As if you withholding what he's due is going, watch me, is going to make him run to you like, like, like some of y'all parents your kids. He's not going to bend his wheel just because you decided you want to catch an attitude with him. Y'all not going to talk to me? I'm about to preach real strong now. You should have said something. Many times, what does a child do? When they know they can manipulate you, what they will do is they will do what's necessary so that you back off of what you said you were going to do. So you back down on what y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So you back down on what you said you would do. And some of these kids have become so smart, they playing you like a cheeseburger. They already know. Girl, she ain't going to do nothing. Nah, come on. We finna go get this ice cream. Let's go. So sometimes we think the same way with God. If I catch an attitude, he going to run to me. If I act, if I act crazy, maybe he going to run to me. So you're trying to manipulate him to bend to your will versus you bending into his will. Let's have an honest moment. My hand is up first. How many of us have done that and we could tell the truth? My hand is up first and my legs. Like if I act funky with him, he going to be like, okay, come on, son. What you want? He going to stand right there and say, I'm a good, good father and I'm not bending to your will. I'm the parent. You're the son. I'm the leader. You're the follower. So I'm not adjusting to you. You adjust to me. Jesus prayed three times. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass for me. You know what the Lord did? I said what I said. So the only way we're going to get this done is you're going to get on that cross. Father, if it's possible, please let this cup pass for me. I heard you. But I'm not bending to you. Because I'm reshaping you. And if I bend to you, you will spoil. Yeah. 
But then let's go deeper. Think of food that spoils. It's no longer edible. So there are certain traits about you that are, watch me, that are no longer acceptable. So God says, I got to work that out of you. I got to work. I got to work that out of you. Here's what I love about him. He doesn't throw you away. He just keeps working on you. Come on, y'all. He doesn't toss you away. He just keeps working on you. Who's grateful in the building and online that God has not given up on you, but he just keeps working on you. So he reworked it into another vessel. Now, this is interesting. Say another vessel, which means it's unrecognizable because it's another vessel. Okay, let me see if you catch it. You started out like this. Uh huh. Watch me. But because he's reworking you into another vessel, similar, but that's not the same. What's the primary difference? This one is bigger and can carry more. And I need you to hear me. God is reworking you into a whole new you. You're going to be bigger and be able to carry more because a vessel carries something. As it seemed good to the potter, which means he doesn't reshape us according to what we think makes sense. Because here's what we'll do. I want to do this. I want to be this. I want to be this. I want to do this. I want to act like this. I want to act like this. I want to do this. God's like, no, I'm going to reshape you in the way I want to shape you. Because some of you are like, I don't really like that, Lord, but I want, I want to be this. And God says, but if I make you that, I already have that. I don't need another one of those. What I don't have is what I'm making you into, and the world needs you. So if I make you into a duplication of something else, then there's no need for you. Y'all still with me? Say, he's reshaping me. Say it again. Say, he's reshaping me. And as he reshapes us, he doesn't handle us as just subjects. You got to hear this. He doesn't handle us as just subjects, but he handles us as sons and daughters. Why? Because he's our heavenly father. Why is that important to understand? Because sometimes in that reshaping process, because he's literally, I got to, this is too much. It's too much. I got to, I got to cut some stuff off. Your attitude is just too much. I got to, you're too inconsistent. And you blame it on your busy, you're not. It's quiet in the building. You ain't got that much going on. Stop it. You don't. You don't. No, Bishop, you don't know. Stop it. Look at somebody and say, stop it. He doesn't handle us as a subject. What is a subject? A subject is ruled from high and looked down on low. A subject is, is, is treated without any love. You ready? He doesn't treat us like that. He treats us as sons and daughters. Every parent in the building, holler at me one time. Every parent online, just say, I am one. Drop it on the line. Guess what? How many times have you disciplined your child? And as you disciplined them, you said, now, come here. And then, oh, y'all don't love on your children after you... It explains a lot. Jesus. <laughs> Come on. Can I use you? Come on. You, you discipline your child. And, and, and listen, you discipline them. Whatever you do according to your local, state, and federal laws. And then after you discipline them, you say, now, Come here. Now, you know I love you. 
had to do that because you ain't finna be like everybody else. Watch me. You're my son. You're my daughter. And we don't live like everybody else. That's why we get to live like everybody else don't get to live. You ain't finna be out here acting like these little fast tail girls. No. You ain't finna be out here acting like these crazy dudes. No. You, matter of fact, by the time you leave my house, you'll leave a millionaire. Yep. See, watch me. For some of you parents, that's a lesson right there. Because you were never shaped that way. You were disciplined, but never loved after the discipline. And after you discipline, you got to come back and say, now come here. Cry on my shoulder. I love you, but I'm not going to let you be like that. Thank you. You ready? I said, you ready? Galatians 3.26. For you who are born again, and have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified. Sanctified means set apart. Renewed means brand new. Spiritually transformed. So this just means if you're Christian. Let's go. It says, are all, said the next line with me, children of God. Say, I'm his child. Say it again. I'm his child. Why doesn't it, now, now child is interesting because child implies that there's a level of responsibility that the father has for you as a child. It doesn't just say sons or daughters because you could be a grown son or daughter. It says a child, which is connected to the word kid, which is connected to the inference and the understanding of being a baby sheep, which means God says, I have a responsibility for you. You hear? He says, you're my children, all my children. And what have you done? You're set apart for my purpose. Ready? Here's the part of the verse that shouts me. With full rights and privileges through faith in Jesus. In other words, he says, you're my child. And part of the benefit of being my child is you have rights and privileges. What are some of those rights? When you need healing, you can call on him. When you need breakthrough, you can call on him. When you need a doctor, you can call on him. When you need God to turn somebody's heart, you can call on him. Say, I have rights and privileges. There are certain things that come with being a child of God. They are rights. The Bible is your bill of rights. It tells you what belongs to you. It tells you that an abundant life belongs to you, but you got to pick that. It tells you that shalom, peace that surpasses all understanding, belongs to you, even if what you're dealing with isn't peaceful. Stop pursuing peace thinking that it's the same as peace that surpasses understanding. See, some of y'all, your idea of pursuing peace is you never correct issues. I don't want to start nothing up, but that's why the pot stinks. Sometimes you're going to have to stir it up and then you'll have peace while you stir. Oh no, we finna deal with this. <laughs> but I feel good about what we're doing. You ready? Say, I have rights and privileges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's called Christian privilege. You ready? That there's, there's privileges that we have. You ready? So when we make a mistake, when we fail, uh, watch me, other people, when they make a mistake and when they fail, they think, oh, it's the infamy. Part of our privileges that this is a new beginning for me. Why? Come on. Let's see if you know. He makes all things. 
work together. See, that's a privilege, not a right. Why? Because he doesn't have to, but he chooses to. Come on. I need you to open your mouth, please. Say, I'm a child of God. And I have rights and privileges. He's a good, good father. Yes, I took it right from the song. And that's the way I want to open this series. Because as we begin to deal with issues all throughout this month, I need to make sure you understand that you have a heavenly father. And he's good. He has never failed you. He has never let you down. He has never dropped the ball. When he should have let you go, you know what he did? He said, I'll be there. When he should have let you die in your sin, he said, uh-uh. When he, watch me. When he saw you, scripture says, and when he saw you polluted in your own blood, he picked you up and said, you're going to live. When you felt like taking your own life, he said, not so. Death can't have you. When you thought that you weren't going to make it, he said, Mm-mm, I'm a good, good father, and I'm coming to see about my children. Look at this scripture. Um, Matthew. 631 amplified so it's got amplified the amplified translation of the bible has some words that are added to amplify the meaning of it scripture it says therefore do not worry or be anxious say he's a good good father why do we worry because you don't think he is you know why you worry because you're like how what are you gonna do how are you gonna do it okay ready praise break time didn't he do it last time when you got down to the wire and you didn't know what you were going to do, did he not? I want to talk to some people where you've seen him make a way out of no way. Where you've seen him open a door and you didn't even know there was a door over there. Somebody say, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Come on, Wednesday. Say, if he did it before, he will do it again. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. Look at this. Look at this. It says, therefore, do not worry or be anxious. You're so anxious. Y'all got that one late. What does this mean? You're perpetually uneasy. You want to know why some people are so difficult to deal with? Because they stay in a state of worry. They stay in a state of worry because they don't believe he's a good, good father. Come on, you ready? Let's have an honest moment. How many of us can be, can tell the truth? Let's keep it 100. No cap. That, that in the last six months you have worried. My hands up. My hands up. And then when you look back on, okay, put your hands down. Then when you look back on what you worried about, you were like, why in the world was I worried about that? You ready? What you thought was going to happen didn't even happen. You ready? He says, you're perpetually uneasy and distracted. Uh-oh, this is why you forget so much. This is why you forget so much. This is why sometimes you're not present with us. Please talk back to me. This is why sometimes you're absent-minded. You forgetting, you forgetting basic stuff. You walked out the house, ain't brushed your teeth. Come on now, you are 44. If you don't... You're forgetting basic stuff because you're distracted. You're distracted because you're worried. You're worried because you don't believe he's a good father. Whenever you don't believe he's a good father, you prepare backup plans. Because just in case you don't show, I'm going to have something else scheduled. 
Ooh, I'm about to teach this thing. He said, here's what you say. What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? Look at verse 32. For the pagan Gentiles, this means unbelievers, they eagerly seek all these things. But do not worry for your, please say it with me, heavenly father knows that you need them. God is like, you act like I don't know you need to eat. You act like I don't know them gas prices are high. I told you you're exempt from inflation. That's part of your rights and privileges. So what I'll do is raise your income to make up for the difference. I, if you don't open up your mouth, say, I have rights and privileges. I, don't put me in your system, world. I'm not a part of your system. I ain't coming to your little game. I ain't coming to your little meeting. I'm not a part of that. Not participating. Come on, Harvest, say this. Say, we are not participating in inflation. Say, but we are participating in student loan cancellation. We're not. So I don't, don't even, we're not. We're not participating in that. All right? Look at me. He says, I know that you need all of this stuff. I know that you need these things. You ready? You ready? Verse 33, but first, now pay attention. Every father gets this. Um, every mother gets this. Okay, this is what you want. Okay, this is what you're going to have to do to get it. All right? You want some ice cream? Okay. Well, when I check that room... And listen, you don't get treats for basics. You got to go above and beyond. See, some of y'all giving them treats for basic stuff. No, it's got to be your room and the kitchen. Listen, it's got to be, be adding stuff, you know. <laughs> if I look at me, look at me. They said, we're almost done. They said, listen, hey, 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 hey. You want this? You got to do this. Daddy, I want some money. Okay, son. You want some money? Then I'm going to need that done, that done, that done. Okay. You, you want to have a sleepover? Okay. But we want to do this, this, and this. And watch me. Who coming? Because this one right here, she can't come. I don't like her mama, and I don't like her spirit. Mama, she 10. I don't like the little girl. She been here before. I don't like her. She can't come over here. <laughs> Mama, can I go stay over, stay over somebody whose house? Let me go here. Parents, be careful where you let your kids go because they'll be then picked up a spirit and bring it back to your house. Spirits transfer. Be careful. In the book of Acts, one of the greatest, one of the greatest witches was a little girl. Bible says that she was a little slave girl and she made her masters lots of money by fortune telling. She began to annoy Paul. I could, I could go there. Be careful where you let your kids go. Like, oh, they just kids. Ooh, I need you not to be naive. I need you to elbow somebody next to you. Elbow somebody next to you say, be careful where you let them go. They'll be then came back and you'd be like, who is this? What you got? Why are you acting? Little Sally can do that over there. 
Over there. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. He says, you want this, son. This is what you're going to have to do. Because I know what you need, but this is what you're going to have to do. But first, somebody say first. And most importantly, seek, aim at, and strive after his kingdom and his righteousness. Look at the scripture. His way of doing and believing right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given unto you also. So here's what he says. He says, son, daughter, you want all of this stuff? Good. Put my kingdom first. Now, if you don't put my kingdom first, I get why you're worried. But if you put my kingdom first, I need you to not be worried. Because you have benefits, you have rights, and you have privileges. Now, say he's a good, good father. I wanted to slow this down because I just need you to, I just need to, I'm going to slow it down because I need this to settle with you. Say it one more time. Say he's a good, good father. Which means as long as the kingdom is first, what, what does that mean practically? There's these five T's that I teach you. Time, that's church attendance, on campus, online. All right? Watch me. Because of the beauty of technology, if you can't be live, you can watch a replay. The number two, your talent, that's serving in church. Look, they got a wonderful graphic right there for you. Your treasure, that's faithful giving of your tithes, offerings, first fruits, love offerings. Your talent, that's serving. Your thirst, that's your prayer, praise, and worship. Your testimony, that's inviting people to church. These five things sum up everything that God said was important to him. Come on, say it with me. Say time. Time. Treasure. Talent. Thirst. Testimony. Come on and say this. And I have a testimony. God says, if you do those five things, what you worry for? I'm a good, good. So your confession needs to be, well, this is working out for me. Even in the midst of a situation where you're like, I have no clue. You're going to be like, well, it's, it, it's. Somebody's going to say, well, what you going to do about that? You only got 36 hours. I, I, I'm, I have a good father. I have a good father. And he ain't just good. Watch me. He good, good. Yeah. Whenever you say it twice, that means you put an emphasis behind him. Come on, Wednesday. Say he's a good, good father. Why aren't you? You're not worried about what the doctor said? No. You're not worried about, I hope YouTube lets me say this. You're not worried about monkeypox? No. I wouldn't worry about the last one. Why? He's a good, good father. You're not concerned about what's happening in the world? You know, I'm praying. You ain't worried? No. You ain't stocking up on everything? No. I'm going to wait till they drop it. You, 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 you're, not, you're not fearful? No. You're not worried about what's going to happen with it? No. Because I have a good, good father. You're going to catch it. You're going to catch it. You're going to catch it. You're not worried about your child. You 45 and you ain't married. You, you 57. You ain't married. You know, you, you ain't getting no younger. You should read your Bible. The Bible says he renews my strength like an eagle. So actually, you're wrong. I am getting younger. I wish you'd elbow somebody next to you and say, I'm getting younger. Online, type that on the screen. I'm getting younger. So, no. No. 
I'm a good, good father. You ain't worried about somebody trying to take advantage of you? No. I have a good, good father. I'm not. You're not. You, 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 no. Some people, watch me. When you get this simple principle, we're almost done with it. People are going to be like, how are you so calm, cool, and collected? Because I have a good, good father. And he ain't going to let me fall. He's not going to let me. He promised me that. So how does a good father treat you? Hebrews 12, 5. I got five on it. Let's go. And have you forgotten the divine word of encouragement, which addresses you as sons? Sons there also includes ladies. Say sons and daughters. My son. Do not make light of the discipline of the Lord and do not lose heart and give up when you are corrected by him. God says, God says, ready? He says, if you're my son or daughter, not only am I a good father, you ready? But I'm going to tap that tail. Because you love doing it to your kids. Now, now watch me. Catch the principle. Catch the principle. Say discipline of the Lord. <laughs> See how quiet the room got? <laughs> discipline of the Lord. <laughs> now go back to benefits and privileges, Bishop. Go back to rights and privileges. Here's how you know you're his. You ready? Because anything that's yours, you have the ability to correct it. My son, do not make light of the discipline of the Lord and do not lose heart. In other words, he says, don't give up because you're corrected by him. Heart in scripture means your mind. He says, don't lose your mind because you had to be disciplined for a little time. Come on, why y'all quiet? Some of you are like, well, Bishop, what does the discipline look like? Okay, let's go further. Verse six, for the Lord disciplines and correct those whom he loves. And he punishes every son whom he receives and welcomes to his heart. Which means the level of your correction reveals the level of your closeness. See, the closer you are, the more he checks. See, you ever, you ever, you ever looked at somebody else and they just did anything and then have no conviction? And then you do anything halfway, kind of, sort of, not right. And the Holy Ghost be like, what you going to do? Put that down. Put that down. No, no, put it down. The closer you are, watch me, the more he corrects. There'll be a message will come forth and everybody shout that you sitting there rocking them. I'm like, God, Father, forgive me. Everybody talking about my next 12, my best 12, and the Holy Ghost then threw something on your mind. And you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I said that. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Jesus. We be on prayer. Everybody else going up in tongues and you talking about, oh, Father, forgive me because I didn't mean it. You ready? Every time I listen to a word, I immediately go to repentance. I immediately go to repentance because literally my middle name literally means close to God. So, so watch me. When you're close, the more he checks. The little things, he'd be like, we're not doing this. Mm-mm, we're not doing that either. See, some of you all don't even understand that, watch me, you think, I keep getting picked on. You're not getting picked. It, it's revealing that you're close. 
You're not getting picked on. You're close. And when you're close, you get checked for things other people don't get checked for. You're like, you always pick it on me because you're closer to me than that one. You didn't say nothing to her. Look, I barely stand her. I... You ready? You ready? Come on, we're going to move on because y'all want to get back to these benefits and privileges. Look at me. God says, look at verse 7. You must submit mm. to correction for the purpose of discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Say, I have to take it. You know what submission means? Submission means get up under a mission. Here's, here's submission. We're done, y'all. Here's submission. Say he's a good, good father. <laughs> when we're being corrected, when we're being chastened, what does that look like? It's going to look different for everybody. See, for some of you, you ready? It's what you call a storm, which is really a corrective course. Sometimes storms come to get you back on the right track. A storm is like an usher trying to get you to the right seat. Anybody remember grew up in an old school church where they had ushers and then first Sunday ushers with gloves and they would get. And don't have no gum. I remember one time I went to an old school church. I was a whole reverend. And the usher going to point at her hand. Your gum. I said, what about it? No, I'm just I did, no, I did not. I complied because I know some of y'all are going to say, I did not. I complied. And then reached in my bag and grabbed me another piece. Of this. No, I did not. I did not. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not. I said, but the saints need mints and gum. We've been giving God glory. That's a lot of wear on your mouth. A lot of, just want to freshen it up. Discipline comes in different ways. But here's what the Bible says, submit to it. You know what submission means? Shut up and take it. And we don't live in a culture that likes to do that. We live in a culture that says, well, I just want to say something. See how quiet it is in this building? I'm going to end this message real fast. Come on, get my communion ready. I'm going to end this message real fast. Is, it, is that it? Yeah, come on. Is it communion? No, it ain't communion. Is it communion today? Get your communion. Okay, all right. Get your communion ready. <laughs> For the end. You ready? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. It means shh and receive it. But I want to just take it. It doesn't require all of that. But I just need to explain. No, you don't. Just shut up and take it. You know why we don't want to do that? Because you don't think he's a good, good father. You ain't finna handle me like this. I'm strong. 
You know what? No, you're not, because strength knows how to shut up. Strength knows how to be meek. Meek doesn't mean weak. Strength sometimes knows when to just say. I remember one time when I was an associate pastor. Get your communion ready. I remember one time when I was an associate. Get my communion ready. I remember one time when I was an associate pastor. Um, and I was meeting with the senior pastor. And he, um, he, he said something. And he corrected me. And in my mind, I was like, well man of God, I'm doing what you asked me to do. In that moment, Holy Ghost said, shut up and just take it. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What are you fighting him with and about? Forgive that person. Well, Lord, let me tell you, you shut up and take it. Well, Lord, you don't know what she did. I watched her do it and could have stopped it, but didn't because I needed to reshape you. Let that go. But God, but God, shut up and let it go. See, it's quiet in here. Go and put that first layer back. (laughs) Say, he's a good, good father. I just want to explain, it's not necessary sometimes. Sometimes the only response is, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want you to bless somebody. Lord, I got to go. I got something I got to do. If you don't release what's in your hand now, I'm not going to release what was in the hand of that person I was about to see. Shut up and take it. I know those are aggressive words. I know we don't say shut up anymore. I know we say, please be quiet. But God don't talk like that. God doesn't say use your inside voices. Read your Bible. He looked at Peter and said, shut up. Get behind me, Satan. And go get my food ready. (laughs) You know what Peter did? Yes, sir. How you handle correction reveals your character. And I did have to open this series on a Wednesday with this message because I knew when I got to this, it would get quiet. I knew it. So that's why I opened this on a Wednesday. Because on Sunday, I would have had to take you up. But Wednesday, say, I'm mature. Say, I can handle this. Look at verse 8. Now, which of you is exempt from correction and without discipline, in which all of God's children share? Then you are illegitimate children. There's a word for that. Bastards. And you are not his sons at all. Everybody look at me. Everybody is God's creation. Not everybody is God's child. You're his child when you take correction. And you can say, God, yes. How many of us know there's some areas right now the Lord is reshaping us? My hands are up. My hands are up. 
There's some stuff. My hands are up. Way up. And here's what he wants from us tonight. One word. For all my old school Pentecostals, you know the word. Yes. Some of y'all don't even know what a Pentecost is. If you grew up in church, you know the word. Yes. You got it. Yes. Because he's a good, good father. And I may have to let go of some things. And if you're petty, that's hard. be honest that you know your petty is on point like the other day the other day peel that first layer back the other day the other day there's a situation with a particular company and I was like oh no God I said oh no I said oh no (laughs) I said she got the wrong right playing wrong man baby girl I said, oh, no, they don't get it. They're going to get it today. I had to pull my car over to send that email. I said, <laughs> and I was ready to. And the Lord said, son, let it go. Take that. I said, the devil is trying to trick me right now. Trying to rob me of the breakthrough of God. I said, Lord, you finna let these marks get away, these people get away with this? I said, Lord. I said, no. They're gonna have to give me some more. I said, son, let it go. I felt like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I said, Lord, if it's possible, let this pass for me. (laughs) Because I'm finna get them. Oh, God, I'm going to get them. Please let me get them. I was sitting at my desk. He said, let it go. I said, okay. Fine. Say yes. Everybody say yes. Heads about eyes closed in this building online. If you need to become a Christian tonight or recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure, wherever you're at, on the count of three, I just simply want you to throw that hand up online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. If you become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure, wherever you're at, no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Your first yes is giving your life to the Lord. One, two, three. If that's you, hands up in this building. If that's you, do that hand wave emoji or say it's me online. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want everybody, everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess in my mouth. I believe in my heart. Now you are my Lord and my Savior. You're a good, good father. And I say yes to you. Come on, tell them, say, I say yes to you. Every day. In everything. I don't want my way. I want your way. I don't want my will. I want your will. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Make me over. 
in Jesus name if you just prayed that prayer for the first time and recommitted yourself to the Lord I needed you to pray that because communion is reserved for those that are believers in the Lord I need you to shoot that text decision to 877-552-4746 or scan that QR code did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus we want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby so just text the word decision to 877-552-4746 and we'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.